This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Check this out. It is free. No, I'm serious. It's free, 100%. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor then distributes that podcast for you, and you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from that podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. I, I guess uh Giuseppe could sound like a uh a six pack of beer. Uh, I was thinking um you know I'll have an ice cold uh Erlacher. How's that? Nice tall Erlacher. I would have one of those. Yeah. I could also have like a Frosty sixer Morgan. of Ostertag. Ooh. Ostertag, that's A plus. A plus. I could be a Carlos Boozer. That sounds like something like a plastic bottle. You know, let me just get the the pint of boozer, please. Thanks. Yep. At the Seven Eleven, it's ninety nine yep. cents though. So you can- <laughs> <laughs> that, or it's one I'll of those the- corny like hipster IPAs. You know, <laughs> exactly. I'll be the the douchey guy and have like a, a Jameis Winston on the rocks. Twelve year, please. <laughs> of course, the twelve year. I think a Dino Radio is like a ten dollar handle of vodka. <laughs> oh, Ooh, like Croatian Itri- vodka. Uh, Itrio could be a uh, an Asian beer. Oh yeah, that's I mean, oh for sure. Yeah, Itrio bombs. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, you know line line up six of them. Itrio, Itrio. You're at the the hibachi grill. Boom. Even your little uh, your chef is doing it. Yeah, that's that's a great time. Itrio bombs. Um, I think like any Russian hockey player could be some sort of vodka. You know, give me uh give me three shots of Ovechkin. Tarasenko. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like a Karolinko. <laughs> These European names are pretty good for this, I think, yeah. in general. Like a, yeah, a Bellinelli. A Bellinelli would be like a Bellini with like garnished with a cigarette. But that I think that was the show already the show took that one though, right? <laughs> 
The Bellinelli was yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, wow. that was on the show. Uh, yeah. Is it Patty Mills? Is it Patty Mills like a Long Island iced tea kind of drink? I think a Patty Mills is just like your like cheap cheap you need like a thirty pack for like twelve ninety nine. <laughs> I was thinking we like, get a thirty well, pack well, of thought, Patty Mills. I thought the Patty Mills. Would I thought be, like, it was going knock off Irish cream. <laughs> College kids drink on St. Patrick's Day. Yep. I was thinking like a female version of like an Arnold Palmer, where it's like you just uh, mix two things. It's not even alcoholic. It's just lemonade and something else. It's a, it's a spike seltzer. Can I get the Patty Mills? <laughs> Would Pete Rose be a, a cheap wine? Yes. Pete Rose. Yes, Pete Rose. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> It's canned. It's canned. It's, can. it's, no, it's, it's, it's in a bag. It's in a bag. It's, in a, it's, a, a, it's a gamble to drink. It's in a bag in a box. Yes. <laughs> slap the rosé. Slap the rosé. What would a scallopini be? It's a, it's a sandwich. It's, yeah. <laughs> that's that's you know, the Prosecco. Scalabrini on rye. Oh, yeah. It's Scalabrini on the rye. You know, extra dressing on the side. Yeah. I'll, I'll take two of those, please. I think a scalabrini would be like a white wine that pairs well with like a seafood thing. A white fish. Mm. <laughs> Bourbon moms drink it at their kids' travel soccer games. They put it in their little Yeti cups. Yeah, yep. the Yeti tumblers so that no one can really see that they're drinking. But yeah, everyone knows that they're having like three or four scalabrinis in the parking lot. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's think- fruit, but it's probably, I mean, DiVincenzo, right? It's definitely a red wine. That's a fancy red wine. That's a $45 bottle. Yep. I feel like that could be a champagne. Mm. You have to say it with a flourish, though. A DiVincenzo. It's a Prosecco. Actually, no, it can't be. Because what? Isn't all champagne from France? Real champagne from France? Prosecco's are Italian, though. Sparkling wine, Prosecco. Yeah, that works. Champagne. They have some knockoffs. Champagne. Sharon order, no, Sharon orders it pretty frequently. It's champagne, just not from champagne. But, you know. Champagne for my real friends and real pain for my sham friends. Bars. <laughs> Bar talk. A Jack Del Rio. Oh, Jack Del oh. Rio. That's a mixed drink. drink. That Way too much Jack Del Rio in high school. Yeah, like Jack Del Rio is only never drink again because you had a bad night of Jack Del Rio. I'm up on it once, I'm done. Yeah. Too many Jack Del Rios, yeah. <laughs> Beamer ball, Frank Beamer. Oh, dude, yeah. Oh, another one. Yeah. Bottom of the barrel bourbon. Yeah, just like a Beamer. High, uh, like a, a gallon of that is nine ninety nine. Yeah, Frank give me just, uh, like three Frank friends. Beamers. Yeah. Beamer ball. I think a Luol Deng is like one of those like caffeinated energy drinks that are also alcoholic. Luol Bang. Like a bang. Yeah. <laughs> Luol Bang. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Uh, well, hey, guys. Uh, welcome to the uh, the post-post game. Uh, I'm at BeepCount on Twitter. Tonight, I am joined by Pam. That's at Halloween Basic on Twitter. Uh, at Andrew Streeter underscore. Uh, at Fleminem underscore raps at Stugat's Army 790. And we are joined tonight for the first time by Kids. Kids, give everyone your uh, your Twitter handle there. It's uh, at Kids underscore 13. All right. Well, hey, guys, welcome in. Um, you caught us uh, kind of in the middle, just uh, just chopping it up there like a, a couple of midweek menches. Uh, 
But we're talking today about uh, about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is coming up here, uh, Turkey Day. Um, is it ever okay to skimp on Thanksgiving ingredients or what Thanksgiving ingredients is it okay to skimp on? Kij, I'll go to you here. Hmm. Um, I always say that, like, honestly, the entrees, I don't really care that much for Like, I think turkey is overrated. Um, I think, you know, Roy the would disagree. <laughs> I think the real magic is in all the appetizers, like sweet potato casseroles, green beans, uh, mac and cheese. Can't go wrong with that. Who else does mac and cheese for Thanksgiving? I, I, I want it, but we don't tr- traditionally do it where I, uh, Right, holiday this year. We're we usually do like a baked mac and cheese. Side. Yeah, yeah, a little bit fancier. We're not yeah, not like craft mac or whatever. Yeah, with with like panko crumbs. Yep, that's right. Mm. It's well, the and, most sought after side ever. Like, it's never talked about the way it should be. I think it's like shameful to love mac and cheese the way most people do. Like I well, love kind of. Well, it kind of it's kind of one of those that like. Uh, it kind of toes the line between a side and a and a main dish. I think a lot of people eat it as a main dish. Well, it depends on it, what you put into it and and make it that main dish. You can you know put some bacon or you know you get fancy put some pancetta or a lobster mac and cheese. You know that's how you can make it you know an entree versus just that that bring along side. Lou, you definitely can't skip on that. You have keep to your, like, keep your bacon. All go all in. Keep your bacon out of my mac and cheese. You can bring your lobster over here, but the bacon taste is too strong. It's not there for the butter, the cheese. Like, take that somewhere else. Keep it out of my mac and cheese. Mac and cheese takes. You can, you can stay out of my Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner. Wow. Whoa. You, sound like, you sound like every adult in my family. Thanks, Lou. <laughs> I'm just trying to make you feel welcome. Pam, what about you? Uh, so it struck me today when Greg was talking about buying the cheaper oil that was all of like $9 cheaper. Thanksgiving is one of the meals you don't skimp on. Like we don't use, we don't eat really expensive big meals anyway, because there's like a million of us and yeah, but. The holiday meals are not meals we skimp on. Like that's when you spend money on the food and the and you buy the expensive cheese and you buy the expensive cut of meat. And yeah, I didn't get the saving $9, especially when it's the turkey, which is the focal point of the meal traditionally. Why would you, you why would you save $9? Well, because it wasn't $9 each bottle. It was $9 total. I was surprised like Billy didn't like, calculate like 20 years well in 20 years you would have saved 180 dollars yeah <laughs> what's he spending that on think of all the money you'll save if you never have thanksgiving again a blood pressure machine do you guys still do that at the cbs or the walgreens you still stick Not now that cuff <laughs> i have a i have a mobile one that i actually take with me traveling so i actually have one that i can put on and check my blood pressure at any given point, which sounds like the most Billy thing ever to have. Are you neurotic? But no, I just always think I'm dying. So yeah, I guess maybe neurotic. Yeah, <laughs> neurotic. yeah, I, uh, yeah. I've convinced myself I'm dying like three or four different times when I'm traveling. So now I have like things that tell me I'm not dying. Yeah. So you're not neurotic. Nope. Panic attacks. <laughs> He's not yeah. not neurotic. He just has. Yeah, it's just anxiety. Panic attacks. Attack. Yeah, yeah. Ever since that suey. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Over under how many more times Flynn is going to mention the Sueys on this specific episode. I've got it at 1.5. No, no more. Let's say over. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to hammer the under. All right. Well, you're you're in control of that. So, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of hammering the under, Jimmy the Thief, uh, a.k.a. Jimmy Fallon, a.k.a. Jimmy Fallon, over here stealing all the all the show stuff, guys. What's the what's the deal with stealing the show? First stuff? off, first off, we give these late night hosts too much credit for the stuff that goes on to their shows. They have a whole staff room full of people looking for stuff to do, looking for little skits to throw in there, and you know, a lot of it's really hit and hit and miss. And uh, so, I wouldn't necessarily say. I mean, he's the face of the show, right? <clears throat> and but when he's delivering a monologue and when they're doing bits and stuff, I'd say 9.9 times out of 10, it's not him bringing that to the table. Right. <clears throat> so I don't think, I don't think that this is blatantly Jimmy Fallon stealing. I do think it's been, these bits have been stolen or, and or repurposed for sure. But, uh, anyway, I just wanted to get that out of the way. We don't want to give him too much credit for being a team. Is there I'm- someone out there that started out as like a writer in, you know, late night TV or Saturday Night Live that has just gone way far beyond what they thought they would have. Someone like a Bob Odenkirk, John Mulaney, uh, Conan O'Brien. Okay. Yeah, Conan. Way better than John Mulaney, but to me, John yeah. Mulaney. Tina Fey was a head writer of, at SNL, and she's done really well for herself. Oh, um, Childish Gambino. Seth Meyers. Yeah. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, he he wrote. Didn't he write for The Simpsons for a little bit? Uh, I think it was Parks and Rec, right? It may have Parks. been. I think, yeah, I think it was Parks and Rec. I know it, was, it may have been The Simpsons too. I know, obviously, a newer episode too. But I think it was Parks and Rec that he first started. Donald Glover, man. Yeah, dude is insane. I saw him it, break his uh, break his foot or ankle, whatever it was, in Dallas when he did the backflip for his last concert ever. I got to see that live, so that was unfortunate. But he limped off the stage and ended it early. I saw him when I was in school and uh, he was like, in the, I was in the front row for one of his concerts and it was probably like one of the most high energy concerts I've ever been to where like, I was not expecting that from him at all. It was amazing. Backpack preppers will do that to you. Um, I want to step back to uh, Street or Topic, I guess, on Jimmy Fallon. No, because only because I was so excited because I was like, this is such a streeter topic because I know that he's like he's paying attention to the little details of late night. And so I was super excited and you came in strong and I was ready for you to crush Jimmy Fallon. And uh, then you went and blamed it on the writers. I was super, cause I was like, this is Streeter's moment. I know he's ready to crush this for stealing funny. And uh, then you ended it with one little jab where you said we were giving Fallon too much credit. So at least you tied it <laughs> off with, he's not good enough to steal. I got to defend the Jimmy Fallon. I think that's actually a pretty old segment that they've had. I used to watch a bunch of late night and I remember actually thinking to myself like a while ago, whether they actually were feeding these lines to athletes and I was surprised that they would actually do it. But I think the show talked about it today where I was listening to it and I was like, Oh yeah, there's no way they actually feed these lines to these athletes. Like they probably just pick up on these random cliches and made a joke out of it. Well, the show has been getting, you know, fed lines into broadcast since, you know, in the two thousands, with the the Florida Panthers, they've been getting you know fans to send in you know movie lines to do those broadcasts. So that's been going on for at least ten years. I love that montage; it's so funny of that guy. I forget yes. his name. 
Red. I like, read uh, something. He's Randy. So Isn't Randy? I thought it was Randy something. Red Randy. It's hard, man, because I, there's just so, especially in comedy, there's in this day and age, there's so many, there's only so many things that you can do that are deemed as to be original ideas, right? It's the same thing in, in almost any other medium. You're really taking from your favorites or from people that you think are really cool and you're just kind of amalgamating it into, you know, your own yeah. thing. So like, it's, you know, I think that super hardcore fans are going to be like at the ready with the pitchforks and the, the tar and the feathers. Right. But you know, it's, or do you think there are diehard Jimmy Kimmel fans out there or Jimmy Fallon fans? <laughs> I'm like, talking about, I'm talking about Dan fans. I think Dan's fans. Yeah. Like we're, we're the, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're the, the we're the Swifties. And... I'm not, I'm not talking about this, this uh, proverbial Jimmy Fallon hive right now. Um, <laughs> That I can't really imagine. I, I am. I, I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to figure out who these like Jimmy Fallon people that get like really upset. <laughs> like they're listening to the Levitard show and they're like, "Dude, Jimmy, Jimmy comes up with his own stuff, Dan." Like, getting all no, upset. I feel like I feel like as much time as we spend on Twitter, we would get the backlash if there was a Jimmy Fallon hive out there. Like because they're just not there to even the unforbidden barstool nonsense when they steal things. They don't even. We don't even hear clap back from telling them they stole shit and. And, so, I say, like, and it's because these shows, these shows are too, they're, they're, they're monoliths, right? They're like the man, they're, you know, they're, they're too big. I feel like to have like more than just people that are casual, they're washers of it. Right. Like I don't, I, there's probably yeah. some dedicated fans, but they're, it's not, it's not even the same thing as a community. Like what, what we have here amongst us. Right. So you're going to have different attitudes about, those things but i think you know imitation is the highest form of flattery right like i don't think damons do legitimately take offense to that do you think there's an overlap between like the levitard show and like pti like how much of an overlap is there besides the ride home people <laughs> yeah, not like middle, PTI, but like yeah the barstool people uh i guess P- well no just on social media if you'll notice jokes in general from barstool you'll see a blue check make a joke or share a picture and then immediately five ten minutes later barstool is sharing the, a very similar joke or a very similar phrase thing like they're uh, i can't remember the football guy that is known for following the other football guy that does the same thing but basically it's like every time you see somebody whether they're large or not um it's kind of like the drake rumors where all these underground rappers were claiming they had rhymes stolen by drake Every time I look, there's like a blue check I follow. It has like 5,000 follows. They post something hilarious. And 10 minutes later, it's on Barstool. And again, like, take take it as you take it. I mean, I don't fucking know anybody at Barstool, so get over it. But it's just so uncreative because I always see it first, regardless if it's a mass following or not. And But the fact that Barstool never – you never hear their lashback when you tell them they're stealing it, that's where I think Street was talking about. It's a cult following with people like this. There's like artists like that too, right? Like, you know – like I, I don't know anybody hip hop like Chameleon or Lupe. Those are like cult followings where people listen and they're not massive. So when somebody takes something from them, the fans go insane. We protect our little gem that makes us hipsters of podcast. Yep. Exactly right. Zagaki. Hey listeners, check out a new podcast called Yes, Maybe, No with Andrew Streeter and Yeti Blanc. Every week we'll take a topic from sports, music, and pop culture and break it down beyond the surface. 
Whether it's the latest hot take or an ongoing story, Yes Maybe No will discuss our insights, opinions, and maybe a hot take or two of our own. Will you find us interesting? Will you find us entertaining? Will more people than our mothers listen to us? Yes! Maybe No! Listen to Yes Maybe No. Subscribe, download, rate, review, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Or, uh, download it. Love the, love the Zagaki post game. Yeah, Zagaki. Got my Zagaki fill. There was that, uh, you know viral post past couple of days you know what's one random quote that you say from x show or x movie mine is a gacky i say is a gacky at least three times a day <laughs> my six-year-old will jump run into the room and go yeah never know <laughs> so that was mine. That, that's so how much that's, that's how much yeah. i say that <laughs> that's my show one but then i have a movie one um Silence of the Lambs, I say, um, oh, wait, all the time. Like, if I'm confused, if I don't know what, what's going on, oh, wait, <laughs> I love, oh, wait, she that great big bad person. I love that. <sighs> like, we say that all the time here. So. That's good. That's good. That one's a standard. Lou, Kish? I don't really have, like, a go-to catchphrase or anything from the show that I use all the time. I'll catch myself referencing something from the show. I think the biggest thing is actually... Uh, combining two words like what Chris does, uh, and I try doing that in real life sometimes, and uh, no one finds it funny for some reason. <laughs> Have y'all tried doing that in a chat with friends that are not this? And just exactly, com- yeah. it's the worst. Yeah, my work chat. <laughs> yeah, they all hate me. Do a thing, and nobody <laughs> gets it, and then the chat just dies. Yeah, I do that with Mrs. Beep all the time, and uh, she'll just go, "What the hell." <laughs> and then she'll say, is, is that the show? Ugh. Oh, my God. This is actually what my wife does. All the time. All the time. The, the one thing that, and maybe it's a little weird, that I have like a heart bad habit of, and it's because my wife is always pointing out something that's wrong. Like, hey, you have something here. And so, is, so does Clooney. So I use so does Clooney anytime something's wrong. I'm like, hey, can you, you didn't do this. Like, so, do, so does Clooney. Or you have, it's not even about a burger. Anything that she tells me is wrong. I just say so does Clooney and uh one that kind of got on my wife's nerves for a while was I would frequently use intergalactically stupid um to describe <laughs> anything at all that I thought was even remotely stupid. I just immediately escalated it to intergalactically stupid. Which is like going out of your way to insult. <laughs> Super Bowl week Mr. Streeter. All right. Actually I think any well I do any well Purdue a lot. Oh, yeah. I yeah, I do slip that one in every every once in a while, baby. <laughs> Streeter, uh, you you had a topic here. Uh, what, what what were you going to talk about here? Look, man, I love Greg Cody and I love Chris Cody, and I'm really happy for his, uh, you know, the attention and love that he has gotten. But earlier today, on it was either the I think it was the local hour. It was a local hour today. Yep. Or on Tuesday. It was the local hour. Uh, Greg was talking about how he wasn't very confident in his back in my day. And he had very good reason to not be confident in his back in my day. It was probably the worst one I've ever heard. But Chris was like, oh, man, Dad, you're going to use the one that I that I uh, suggested for you? All right. And he's, like, getting so, like, pumped on it. <laughs> and then they come, out of, they come out there with it. And he mispronounces the name of that species what was he saying like the whole i can't remember what he was saying the whole time the brim and oil 
uh, it was like a cannoli. It was something with a cannoli. Yeah, it was supposed to be like just yeah. Brown he made that E last longer. That long E. Yeah, well, Ron Miguel totally like shot that down, and it was really funny and awkward. <laughs> it's like, why do you keep? Why are you saying that? <laughs> that's not how mm. that's pronounced. <laughs> He's like, oh, but it was just. There's been some staler ones, and I'm not usually a big Greg Cody critic, but that was just it was weird and kind of horrible. He's a doddering old man. That's that's all it is, <laughs> and he's falling further and further into. But what, what's really different? Like, okay, it's different from your childhood that you're seeing less of these. Like, I don't know. It was a stretch. When the best part is like you know that Chris uh taught him how to say that word like he, there's no way coach or chris didn't coach him through and so this is like when chris told dan that like uh who um I, ibaka had like 10 names and uh, dan was, that was that's basically what cody did like it was like teaching his dad how to sound absolutely wrong dude i bet like i don't think we've ever I'm from like South Florida, and we've never referenced those lizards by that name. So I'm, I bet he just like looked it up and guessed how it'd be pronounced. Because <laughs> like those big like curly-tailed lizards are a thing, but we just call them big curly-tailed lizards. Nothing else. That was a mail-in. He thought of something 20 minutes ahead and said, "Let me Google real quick and see what this is called." <laughs> and misspeaking like somebody who's written a, a last-minute paper in high school. <laughs> I, I'm with you, Pam. <laughs> Copy and paste and just kind of change words. Yeah. Yep. Throw, throw a couple of grammar errors in there to make sure they don't want to scent. Yes. I'll always have to throw a couple of those in there. I feel like the show today like was like like extra kind to like Cody than they normally are, like giving him all the room to kind of like ease him so he doesn't get mad. Because Cody, he was he was really upset. Was the apology tour. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, he was he, really upset. There was a there was a well, nugget. You're, oh, I'm sorry, Stray. Go ahead. You're you're good. No, it also piggybacks on on Dick Cody's uh, recent appearance on the Greg Cody show, right? So like, this th- these uh, sentiments have been festering for a while. So yeah, the, while they were a little more friendly to him, they still got him on network outs. I think both hours. Yes, both hours. I did. I think the biggest bone they threw him. <laughs> I think the biggest bone they threw him was um, that they let him talk about the the Lobos. <laughs> Lobos. <laughs> he hasn't done that in so long. I feel like. So I he actually was so happy when he was talking about that. There was a subtle moment where Dan actually said he he was talking to Stu, asking him a question. I don't remember the exact topic, and then he said, and uh, he's like, and Cody, I want to get your thoughts on this as soon as Stu's done talking, which Dan usually doesn't vocalize the way they orchestrate the show he was very much going out of his way to like Greg know like, Hey, I'm going to go to you, be prepared. This is, and that's not common. Dan's usually the type to try to throw it to somebody and see their natural reaction. And that's where I thought I was like, man, what are they doing with Greg here? Where they're being extra, like they're letting him know, Hey, you're still part of this. You're still talking. And so that was a little nugget where I was like, this is awkward. But we're still going to get you on the hard network out. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. He got, he got plenty of room for, uh, for self-glorification in the local hour. And uh, I, he was really just talking about how awesome he is and about how awesome that his show is and how many downloads it's gotten. But he, he uh, was, it was kind of getting on my nerves, but then he uh, finally was like, and it's all because of my association with Dan. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's correct. You are right. I mean, hell, so was ours. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that's, 
He's a little less self-aware sometimes. All right, uh, guys, we want to thank you so much for joining us uh, for this episode of the post post game. Uh, we're going to go to the beep count for Monday, November 16th, 2020. This is brought to you by at beep count on Twitter. Monday's beep count was 227 total beeps for a segment length of seven minutes and 40 seconds with a 29.61 beeps per minute, which was up 18.9% week over week. This has been your weekly beep count brought to you by at beep count. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for joining us. We will talk to you next week on the post post game. Peace. See you guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars. Thank you.